everybody welcome back to another episode of oh shoot today i am chatting with don jarvis and i'm really excited for this episode she's a really awesome educator in the space so don say hi to everyone tell everyone who you are and kind of what you do hey everybody um i'm don like she said my business is don photo i am a elopement and portrait photographer in Oregon. I also do, yes, a lot of education for the photography, like creative community, which I love and it's so fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yes. Awesome. Well, I would love to hear kind of like your story, like how you got started in photography. So kind of take me back to when it all started and yeah, just, just walk me through it. I think it's always interesting hearing like how (laughs) everyone starts. Oh gosh. I mean, it goes back pretty far. So I literally never thought I was going to be a photographer. Like that was not something I thought I was going to be a dentist. And then I went to college and I decided I hated that. And then I actually have a degree to help people with special needs using horses. So very wow. different. Yeah. Um, so, but I did photography like all of high school and I was a yearbook editor for photography and all of that. So like, it was always like a part of like my like hobby, I guess. And I was like taking senior photos for friends and like that kind of stuff. But when I got to college, I joined a sorority and everyone wanted pictures. Yeah. And then everyone was getting married and engaged and all these things. And I just kind of went along for the ride and was their photographer. And after I graduated, I just basically was like, this is what I'm going to try to do for a while. So it's kind of cool. Yeah. How did you know that you wanted, like, that you were ready to go full time? Did you kind of just jump into it? Or was there like a financial place that you were like, okay, I'm ready for this or what? I feel like I got kind of lucky. So when I graduated college, I moved back to my like family property and I got to live in like the guest house rent free. So that was great. Mm -hmm. And, um, I worked at a camera shop part-time and bartended part-time and then also did photography. So I just kind of like had like other jobs to kind of help support me. I didn't have to pay rent. So I had like that financial freedom to also pursue photography, not be as stressed out about it. And then after doing, I quit the bar pretty quickly and just did the photography shop and photography. So I think I stayed there for like two and a half years, but I also got all of my gear on like super discount, like employee discount. So I stayed until my entire bag was stacked, like ready to go. It was awesome. Do you feel like working at that camera shop helped you learn stuff about photography other than just like getting the gear? Like, do you feel like you learned stuff from that? Yeah, so much because we were talking to like reps like weekly like Nikon Canon Sony and at the time I was Canon so I you know was full throttle with that and I learned so Mm -hmm. much about like fixing cameras all the settings on every camera memory cards like anything you need to like have a fully functioning system and like how to handle weather with camera stuff like literally everything like I can fix a camera like I'm not scared of that so like wow that's pretty cool to like learn a lot like hands-on there and yeah yeah it was great and I know like I'm sure everyone's like wait you don't shoot canon like I definitely am now a sony shooter and so like 
that job really taught me a lot about Sony and I've always like appreciated Sony. So like when I made the okay. switch, I knew how the systems work. I knew how everything was. So it wasn't as scary for me to like do that jump, I guess. Okay. So I guess we can transition into literally the question I have <laughs> for you about Sony. So obviously like you use Sony, but kind of expand on what gear do you use and like, why did you use, why did you choose to switch over to Sony? Yeah. Um, I feel like, well, I was shooting with the Canon 5D threes, no fours, the 5D fours. And I thought they were great, but it was like very noticeable that like I needed to update my cameras. Like either I was going to buy two whole new bodies before the summer or before the next year, because my shutter count was quite high or I needed to switch. And so I was like, okay, well at the time the Canon R something had just came out and everyone's talking about it. And it was very expensive for one. And it was overheating all the time. Everyone was talking about how it was overheating. And I was like, well, I don't want a camera that overheats like for $4,000. Like that's kind of ridiculous. And um, to me, in a sense, Sony was like the forefront for like mirrorless cameras. Like they were the first, they're the best. They also make Nikon sensors, or at least they used to when I worked at the camera shop. So like oh. Nikons are actually Sony cameras. So um, in terms of like their okay. sensor, which is... Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. That's interesting. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. At least they were when I worked at the shop, which is like seven years ago now, but like, yeah. I don't know if they're still doing that, but they were for a while. So mm-hmm. it's just like crazy with that. And then I was like, okay, well, Sony's like kind of the underdog here. They know what they're doing. They've been doing it the longest. And then Canon, their newest model is overheating. Their last mirrorless model was so bad. They had to discontinue it. And so <gasps> I was like, Oh, why yeah. would I go with Canon? Like why? And yeah. Sony's half the price. I could sell all my gear and buy all the Sony gear and not not lose a dime. I'd actually break even. I was like, well, duh, I'm going to do that. And so I did. Yeah. And it worked out great. Oh, my gosh. Okay, so what gear do you have now then in the Sony line? I have the two A7 III's. Actually, literally before we got on the call, I purchased an A7 IV, which I'm really <gasps> excited about. Yeah. So excited. Um, and then I have like the 35, I have all G master lenses. So I have the okay. 24, the 35, the 50, the 85. Yes. Okay. The core, like four lenses, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. I shoot on the A9 too, but I, Ooh. yes, I know. And I like the A9 because it's like, I don't know. I feel like it's a little bit more for photo versus like the A7s are so good for photo and video. And like, I never yes. do video. So for sure. I've, I definitely looked into the a7 four because I have literally a7 threes, but like <laughs> I just, the a9 was always like of interest to me, but literally any Sony camera, it. I'm just like, I love you. Like I need you yes. right now. <laughs> they're like lightweight and electronic viewfinders, everything. And just, I don't know. They're great. Yeah. I feel like people used to like talk so much shit about Sony before. I mean like, Oh, they don't look like a real professional camera. And now everyone's like, well, shit, I want a light camera. Like that thing's pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like Sony kind of has been making this like, not like a comeback, but like they're like kind of up and right, up and coming, I guess. Oh, totally. Or like they're kind of like, I don't know if they're peaking, but they're definitely like a major competition with Canon right now, especially with like yes. Canon coming out with the mirrorless camera. Like it just shows that like Canon's a little bit intimidated or like by oh, yeah. like what's definitely. going on. I don't know. No, it's awesome. Well, I feel like Sony does, like, I'm getting so gearhead here, but, like, I feel like Sony, like, they make so much more than just cameras. Like, they're just electronically, like, geniuses. And so it's, like, Canon just does 
cameras and printers basically they don't really do I think they have telescopes and binoculars but I think that's it and so which is all still a lens so it's like it's just so like I don't know I feel like Sony just like knows they're doing when it comes to electronics like they just they got it like they have TVs and other things, sound bars. All like. the things. Yeah, sound bars. I think yeah. I have a Sony sound bars. <laughs> Probably. Oh, yeah. Okay. Awesome. Well, let's switch gears and let's talk about the first topic um, for today, which is work-life balance. Um, and I wanted to ask you this because you like have a kid and I, mm-hmm. I like to ask specifically moms this question because I feel like they yeah. are like in the process of mastering or like have mastered how to do this whole thing. So how do you balance your work with your home life? Oh gosh. Honestly, I feel like it's really hard, but it's just, you just kind of figure it out as you go. My husband Mm -hmm. is a stay at home dad. I'm very fortunate for that. And so we have a really good routine. We have an amazing babysitter. Like we Mm -hmm. have a very good situation that we can handle everything for the most part. Um, But I just noticed that, especially once I had my son, I don't know. I feel like before I had him, I would say like, I could never get all this stuff done in one day. I was always like, I'm so overwhelmed. I have so much to do, but I never had a kid. And then I had a kid and I was like, how the hell am I going to do all this now with a kid? And so it's just like, it's weird because now that I have him, I feel like I work 10 times harder in the two hours that I get versus an eight hour day without a child. And I would still never get it done because I, (laughs) no one else is like asking for me to do anything, you know? So I feel like I just work a lot harder in the small amount of time that I let myself have so that I can go spend it with him or go on a walk with my family or go do something. Right. It almost like motivates you to be more efficient because you have other things knocking at the door. Like I can definitely relate with the first version of you who literally (laughs) is like, oh, I'm so busy and I have no time when in reality it's like, okay, Cassidy, you can get this done and then you can have free time. I totally relate with that. But it's interesting how your perspective shifts and it's almost like I could start applying that now. So if something like, if I did have a kid later down, like on the road, like (laughs) Like I would already, yeah, down, like way down the highway, like (laughs) multiple States away, I would be ready for that. You know what I mean? (laughs) Yes. A hundred percent. It's like, it's seriously a mindset shift. And so there's not necessarily this balance. It just, I had to just kind of get my shit together in the allotted time that I'm allowed to have you know (laughs) yeah it's just otherwise I'm just missing out I can hear my kid in the living room behind me giggling it up all day with my husband or the babysitter and I'm so jealous that I want to be out there so I'm like okay I gotta get my stuff done so I get to be out there giggling with him because that looks like way more fun than emailing or admin work or something else right so when you did have your kid how did you like figure out like So obviously, like maybe you had shoots booked or like, how did you figure out like maternity leave and all of that? Oh gosh, that was so hard. I ended up having him three weeks early too. So I actually think that that benefited us because then I got an additional three weeks to kind of recover postpartumly and Mm -hmm. take care of my body in the way I needed to and to figure out how to be a mom because that was really hard. And my husband worked until he was three months old. And so we had to like really figure that out. Um, We ended up getting a babysitter that helped us during once he hit like seven or eight weeks and she would come over in the morning for like a couple of hours so I could get work done while she just literally sat on the couch and held him because he was just you know like a floppy little baby and so she would just sit on the couch and snuggle him I'd get my work done and then when my husband got home from work I would go do my photo shoots and so we just kind of had like this rotating thing where like someone was always with the kiddo if it wasn't Mm -hmm. me but 
it was, it was hard. Nights were long. He did not sleep. I did not sleep. I slept on the couch with him for seven weeks, sitting up, holding him because I was so afraid to like lay him down. Cause I was like, Oh my God, if I lay him down, something's going to happen and I'm going to fall asleep. And I, I'm not going to know. Like I was just a scared new mom. It was so bad. Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so funny. What tips would you have for someone that's like struggling with the work-life balance? Like just in general, it doesn't even have to be like a kid, but just like, I don't know if they have another job or something like that. I mean, I would just try to like balance it out in the sense of like figuring out like every week, like what's your most important to do's and block it into your schedule. And I'm a batch worker. I prefer to work like in sections. So like all of social media I do in one section, like I plan out the feed or do whatever all of my calling I do in one section, all of my editing, all my emailing. I don't like doing that stuff every single day. So I'd rather pick like emails for two days a week and then like, you know, (laughs) as little as possible and social media one day a week, like that kind of stuff. So that when I get to do it, I'm fully into it instead of like doing a section of it and then going to something else in a section. So I just, if you're a batch worker like that, try to section it I feel like it might help I don't know right yeah batch working is so important for work-life balance I feel like also just like setting your schedule for like this day I'm working and then like this day I'm not or like literally acting as if you are like scheduling yourself shifts like I have my editing shift tonight you know like you have you really have to do that if it's something that you're struggling with and honestly even if you're not struggling with it I feel like it's good to do it because then you'd be more efficient with your time. Like we were just talking about, we don't always realize that we're not being efficient, you know? Yeah. I have to put my phone on do not disturb mode, like the little moon thing. I have to put music on. I cannot watch movies or Netflix or anything anymore when editing. So I end up just staring and then 30 minutes goes by. I'm like, what just happened? I did not (laughs) edit the last 30 minutes, even though I've seen the movie a thousand times. Mm-hmm. Um, I also like, to, I feel like when you like write things down and have that like checklist kind of thing, I feel like a lot of creatives love their checklist. They love to cross yes. it off in a yeah. notebook with your 15th notebook on your desk. It's like a thing. <laughs> I feel like getting to cross off like that batch section of your day is the best feeling. So yeah. I don't know. That also helps too with like the motivation that you got it done. Right. Exactly. No, I like that a lot. I do have like a paper planner thing that has like a little section for checkboxes. Um, yes. which is, it's so nice because then one, you can schedule out your week and like write yourself in for like, Oh, I'm doing this from this time or whatever. But also it's just like, I don't know. I feel like it's my planner sometimes acts as my boss a little bit. Like I see it sitting there and I'm like, I feel very convicted by the fact that I'm staring at you and I'm not working and I should be working or I'm on Instagram or whatever. Um, oh my gosh, also, that's so true. Yes. Or the notes app too on my phone. I like that a lot because I can go from my laptop to my phone. So I I use like the little like checkboxes that Apple has. And that's just a nice, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's like a nice thing. You can like transfer your info from your weekly planner, like the paper planner over to your phone, just so you have like a, a day thing that you can do. But there's so many small things that you can do to just kind of help with staying on top of things. A hundred percent. Even just like finding like an app that you really like that helps you take notes. Like there's this app I use called Millanote and I'm obsessed. It makes me excited to like make my notes or make a mood board or figure out something for my VA or something like that. Like it just makes me so much like happier to do stuff because it's like aesthetically pretty and it makes sense for my brain and I love it. Whereas like a lot of people love like Trello or Asana or something else. So if you find like that program that works for you, you'll be more excited to work. I feel like. 
Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's great. So let's talk about locations real quick. Um, I don't know why I felt the need to ask you this, but it's like, she's from Oregon. Like, I just feel like the <laughs> locations in Oregon are so good. So I wanted to ask you, like, how do you go about finding your locations? Like, what's your process? Even for like in-state, like where you live and then out of state for someplace you haven't been before. Oh gosh. In-state, I mean, if it's like, a local thing and I just need to find like a new spot I'll just get coffee drive around and just look at every single thing or I make my husband drive so I can like be stalking every street trying to find a new wall for senior photos or something like that yeah um if it's for like a low man or couples or something more like outdoor adventurous I feel like a lot of it is just like uh, lately actually I feel like Pinterest and TikTok have been sharing really good locations even okay. if they don't say like where they are you can do some stalking and figure it out yeah totally. um a lot of it is just like anytime I have like an elopement somewhere, I try to go like hours before or the day before, stay the night and do some scouting while I'm there for other locations like that are nearby it. So I can like park on the side of the road, see all those little trails, check them out. And then if they're awesome, then I'm like, okay, I'm going to keep this in my back pocket for the next time I'm here. Or if it rains that day and we can't hike to this one spot, now I have a backup. Like it's just right. nice to have those other spots. It just, takes a lot of time I feel like and it does scheduling it so that you can make sure you have the time to go and just check it out it's also awkward when you're alone I don't like doing that but you kind of have to yeah you feel kind of dumb doing it alone for sure but it's important to do it because you want to be prepared and I think that's like something that really impacts client experience too is just like kind of like being the boss and being in charge and being like okay here are the spots here's where we're going or going to your clients and being like here are some options like which one do you think fits your vibe best? Like either one of those things is a huge factor in client experience. So if you don't like location scout, like I feel like you're you're doing yourself a disservice one because the photos aren't going to turn out as good, but also your clients get like a worse experience with you. Oh, completely. I feel like having like a plan A, B, and C for every elopement is like crucial as our job. Like you might not feel like you're supposed to be doing that, but I really, I guess you don't, you're not supposed to, but if you do it, you are giving a better client experience for sure. I just think right. there's just, you never know what's going to happen, especially if you live in the, like the Pacific Northwest, the rain, the snow, the sunshine, it changes yeah. every 25 minutes here and you just have to be ready. Like, and if your client for some reason can't hike that day or it's too muddy and it's slippery, like you have to find something that's like more safe or I don't know, anything like that. It's just, it takes time, but it's, it's worth it. Even if you just have your phone and you snap some pics and you text it to them, like that's still good enough versus like shooting these beautiful location photos and like anything that you can show them to be like, Hey, this is a cool second location. Then they're yeah. most likely going to be down for it if you're down for it. Right. Yeah. It is so good to have a plan B like that. I feel like that's half the game with photography is just being prepared yeah. for the worst case scenario, even like with backing Always. up your photos or like having extra gear, like always being prepared because you just never know what's going to happen. I, you know, that's it with anything in life, but with photography, it's literally our job. There's so many factors, you know, so you have to be literally. Oh my gosh. No, my friend just posted this morning on her stories that she was shooting with two memory cards. One of them corrupted and she went to check it on her computer. Like what the hell is wrong with this card? It said the last time she shot with it is in 1979. Oh, like what? That's not, that's literally not even possible. Like that's not. I'm so, sorry. So clearly that card is corrupted. <laughs> yeah. Or like the date was set wrong too, right? Like, could you know, set the date like, back that far? 
I don't know if you can do it on the card like that. I don't think she did that. It was like oh yeah, because it would be the camera. That is so funny. Yeah. It's like literally black and white, like film photos on this SD card. Like <laughs> I it's like your die. photos she look cold. Like... <laughs> People are gonna oh, want expired so cards now. Like that's the new yeah. thing is expired yes. memory cards, not film. <laughs> the vibe, corrupted cards yeah. all the way. <laughs> Always. Yes. Well, oh, earlier we were talking anybody. about. Yes, yes. Earlier we were talking about client experience, um, like briefly. So I kind of wanted to dive into that too. Um, yeah. I basically just kind of wanted to hear like what your client experience is. I saw that you have like a course on your website for client experience. Mm-hmm. So just kind of like I don't know, break it down for us a little bit and give us give us some gold, some deets. Oh my gosh, I feel like client experience all comes down to like the connection with your client and like creating like a positive environment for them and like just really, I hate the word experience again, but it really is like giving your client the best experience possible. And that comes down to so many things, but like, it truly just comes down to you, like respecting your client, treating them like just actual people and thinking Mm -hmm. about like how you would want to be treated in that situation. So obviously like talking to your client a lot, listening to their needs. Um, I'm huge on love languages. And so checking in with them on the ways that like they need help. Like they love acts of service. I'm all about like obviously location scouting, location planning, outfit help. If they are like words affirmation, then if they send me outfit pictures, I'll be like, like even more so like overly like excited more than just like my normal, very excited nature. I don't yeah. know. Just kind of like however, like genuinely that you can be for their, be for them to help their experience be better. Um, like I said, vendor help, planning locations, phone calls, texts, FaceTimes, and then like obviously like the day of experience and making sure it's like very catered to them and not like at least personally like I don't pose a lot I'm more of like a directing kind of photographer like action based and so like I'll tell them to walk somewhere and snuggle up I don't typically tell them like pose like this hand here do this like I let them fall into it naturally and for myself photography that works really well in a way to like capture their story and make it feel like a unique experience to them and not like what I do at every shoot if that makes sense yeah yeah I would love for you to talk a little bit more about like the posing and directing part of it like how how does it look when you show up to a session like what what are some of the things you would say like that aren't posy but are more directing yeah I feel like a lot of times it happens like naturally with like um getting to know my couples through the questionnaire or prompting them with like I want you guys to think about your relationship and how you guys act at home or let's say it's like me and my husband and someone's asking about us like what happens when I get home from a photo shoot like or when we wake up in the morning and like he comes out to hang off me and my kiddo like does he snuggle with us on the couch or do we like do I sit between his legs or does he kiss me on the forehead or are we hand holders or like arm over the shoulder kind of couple like asking those types of things like if I want my couples to sit on the ground I'm like how do you guys normally sit on the couch versus like I want you to sit between so-and-so's legs and lean like this and arm like this like I don't say any of that I'm just like how do you guys sit on the couch I want you to do that here so it's okay. however they are at home and they can bring it to the session to like feel the most natural versus posing how I want them to look, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, that does make sense. What if a couple like you, you say like, oh, sit on the ground, snuggle up how you normally would. And they're like, well, I don't know how I normally would. Like, what do you do then? <laughs> like, truly, I, then know I give up. <laughs> no, totally. I get that all the time. So they'll be like, oh, well, normally our dog's in the middle. Normally I'm laying like this. I'm like, okay, well, let's try like would you normally sit between their legs or would you lean on them or do you like tuck your toes under and sit far away as possible or do you just not sit together you have totally different chairs and they're like no no no. okay we would do it like this and like I think if you give them ideas 
sometimes our couples are just so nervous I feel like they want to please us so badly and make our photos so beautiful versus like Mm -hmm. we're trying to make their photos of them beautiful like it's like backwards you know yeah Um, so I think it's just like helping them get there if they're questioning how you're posing them or like they're stiff it's normally because they're still so nervous so you just have to like bring it like even more like chill for them in a sense or like a little bit more of a prompt but even then I still don't have them like put their hand here foot here lean or knee this way I just like I just am like hey do you want to sit like this and they're like yeah sounds good and then I leave them alone I back up real far and then they like fall into place and it's so nice okay yeah yeah how would you deal with um most of the time it's usually the guys that are a little more like awkward or like hesitant so how would you like approach that from opposing perspective when like probably like the directing is probably like, awkward for them do you know what I mean like how yeah. would you deal with someone that's literally so awkward that it's like actually affecting the photos and you're like well these don't look great so <laughs> I don't know I feel like a lot of the guys are so awkward and I tell them like I'm not gonna pose you I'm going to just tell you like some ideas and I want you to roll with it and I want you to be as natural as possible and I know I want you to never look at the camera and mm-hmm. honestly just me telling them that they're like thank God. I don't know why they're always so grateful that they're not going to be like pose, like what their mom made them do for their Christmas card photos when they're children, like, or at, you know, JCPenney studios, like it's not that vibe again. So mm-hmm. like, I feel like it's just like telling them from the beginning, like, Hey, I'm not going to be your worst enemy. Like I'm going to make this as easy and as chill as possible. And we're going to have yeah. so much fun. And I just want you to love on your person and not worry about me. And just like, you know, just have a good time. Also tell like in like affirming them throughout the whole session, like if it's my husband, he hates his photo being taken. But when the <laughs> photographer is like affirming him constantly and like telling him, like, oh, you're doing great, Gussie, like you're killing it, like keep moving around, just kind of, you know, pull in Don's face, give her a kiss, or play with the baby or something like that. Like he's like, Okay, mm-hmm. give me something to do. Like just keep telling me something next, like yeah, to do. But they, she won't say like touch John Don's chin here and pull her in here. Like it's like, hey, pull her face in for a kiss, or like go in for a kiss. Like it's very natural I think okay yeah yeah and that helps I yeah um yeah that (laughs) I literally (laughs) just forgot immediately what I was gonna say because I was just so distracted by what you were saying amazing um I I remember now so with like your like sessions how like do you do a lot of like talking with them beforehand? Like you mentioned like a questionnaire, like mm-hmm. what touch points do you have with them before? And do you feel like that impacts like how the session goes? Oh, a hundred percent. So it could be definitely the questionnaire. Try to send it between like a month and two weeks before the session. It's very much like a get to know you kind of thing. Like what do you guys do for work? Who's big spoon? Like, you know, like that kind of stuff. Um, I ask if there's like an activity that they always do together, if they'd like to incorporate that in their session, if there's like a feeling that they want their session to convey, like whether it's like fun or romantic or nostalgic Mm -hmm. or something, you know, and then I ask, I have like two sections at the bottom that are separated per person in the couple. And so Mm -hmm. it's like person one, person two answers these and they're the same questions for both people. And it's just asking like, what's your favorite thing about your partner and what's your when you guys first met, like, what was their first thoughts about this partner? Like, where, um, where's your favorite place to be with this person? Like, stuff like that. And almost always the answers are identical, which is so cool. And yeah. I feel like it is such a good way to get to know your, like, the people you're about to photograph. Um, and then, like, with that, I typically have, like, a FaceTime day or a phone call beforehand. 
and we'll talk about like locations, outfits again, like just double checking everything. And a lot of times if it is a girl guy couple, I mostly just talk to the girl just because they're the ones who are overly excited planning. I feel like, I don't know. It's so yeah. dependent on every couple, but um, it's fine if I never even talk to the guy until the shoot, like I'm still have no problem. I feel like it goes great as long as you're just very communicative, like at the session still, like I'm not one to like, I'm definitely quiet while I'm shooting if I have, if I can be, unless I need me to talk a lot, but okay. walking between the shoot spots, like from the car to location, changing outfits, I'm talking a lot, getting to know, but like during the shooting part, I try to be more quiet unless I need a lot of like affirmation and direction. With film photography being so popular nowadays, I'm very excited to introduce you to our sponsor, PhotoVision. PhotoVision is a third-generation film lab who scans your rolls of film for you. They produce consistent and quality scans, and they even offer custom color correction for your scans. If you know me, I've been getting into film photography lately, and I just sent off two rolls of film to PhotoVision. They're so easy to work with, and you can literally tell that they know what they're doing when it comes to film. They even offer film education on their website, so it helps newbies like me better understand what the heck they're doing. PhotoVision is family-owned, which we love, and their customer service is amazing. They want everyone they work with to feel valued and supported, which honestly, that's how I felt when I've worked with them. PhotoVision is your film processing experts since 1968, and they have an exclusive offer for Oshoot listeners. Get one free roll of signature process and scans using the code OSHOOT at checkout. That's OSHOOT with no spaces at checkout, which will also be linked in the description. Go check it out. Okay. That's interesting. I feel like when I'm shooting, I'm almost the opposite. I'm like constantly talking so that they kind of like forget that they're getting their photo taken, you know, but I, I, I do, yeah. I, I do understand like being quiet during the session would help with them to focus more on themselves too. And I kind of like that. Um, yeah, so. it's challenging. It's different. Oh, I'm I used sure. to be like a talker at shoots and then I've slowly like pulled back and like, if I am talking with them, the camera is still on my face, but like, I'm trying not to like talk and just like be a part of it. I'm like, nope, you're still going to capture them. Like, even if you're talking to them, like still capture them. It's so right. hard. Cause otherwise yeah. you miss the good stuff. Like if you yeah. guys all start laughing and you're, and you're like, Oh, that was really good. Like, Yeah. <laughs> for real. <laughs> with your weddings then what touch points do you have with people like from when they book to when you shoot the wedding? Is oh, it gosh. like, a little bit more extensive like how does that if look? they want it to be it so depends on every couple like some mm-hmm. people are like oh we'll just talk to you when we talk to you some couples literally text me weekly when they buy anything for the elopement like <laughs> we got umbrellas we got a rug we got we hired another vendor I'm like yes tell me everything and then yeah. some couples don't and that's fine like it's so dependent on the couple and like one of them we literally FaceTime for like 30 minutes for her wedding And then I had to feed my son and change his diaper and do all these things. And I was like, "Uh, do you want to keep FaceTiming or do you want to hang out? But she's like, I'll stick along. And so she just like hung out with me as I did all my like daily chores and hung out with my kiddo and took care of him. And we had a blast like FaceTiming on the ground and he was like playing with toys. So like Mm -hmm. some clients are very like invested in the call FaceTime text process. And some are just like, hey, send me the questionnaire, send me locations, send me your elopement guide. And we'll talk to you as we get closer. It, it just yeah. depends. I feel like I cater it to each client with their needs. I'm not like overwhelming anybody who doesn't want to be overwhelmed, I guess. Right. Yeah. No, that makes sense. And that's part of like the client experience part of it too, is just knowing like 
kind of their almost like their love language. Like some people yeah. like to be like have their hand held through the whole journey. Some people are definitely totally. more of like, I want to plan this myself and I just need you to show up and take photos, which is also yeah. like, you know, either one of those people, they're great people. So yeah, totally. It's, it's funny. I, this year I have a good range of like couples and it's really fun to like, when I do get to talk to the people I don't talk to as often, I'm like, Oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm so comfortable today. Yeah, you have so much to tell me because we don't talk weekly or something, you know? Yeah. Yeah, totally. Um, something that I did want to ask you, um, kind of more about like your editing shooting style. It's just literally, yeah. I just about your style in general, I guess, because I feel like your style is very unique and I can always tell like when your photos pop up on my feed. So (laughs) I am just curious, like, how did you get to that point where you found that editing and shooting style that you're like, Oh my gosh, I love this. This is like everything that I've hoped it would be like, what did it take to get you to that point? It's so funny because I feel like I'm constantly like evolving and changing because I look back like six months ago and I'm like, Oh my God, what was I thinking? You know? And it's funny to like have somebody else's perspective on that. But, um, I don't know. I just think it comes with just doing this for so long. I've been full-time for seven years. Like it's been a long time. And I feel like I've (laughs) honed in more and more on like, not the comparison game, even though like it still gets me every once in a while, but like Mm -hmm. just really just focusing on me and my clients and like what their needs are. Like, honestly, that's like, that is it. Like every time I shoot with my couple, I'm I'm shooting it for them. And so like how, it, how the photos turn out is based off of like what they give back to me, like in terms of like their energy and like what they're open to sharing with me so that I'm able to photograph them and like yeah. their story to the best of my ability. But in terms of like editing, oh gosh, I feel like that was just like a slow growth to find, but I'm still, I'm, I mean, I'm evolving it like every day still. I feel like right. it's never like right where I want it to be. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no. And that's the part of like, kind of like the art side of photography. Like I don't ever feel like you get to a point where it's like, I am completely content with everything I do and I'm not oh, going to yeah. change a single thing. And I'm just going to keep doing <laughs> this exact thing for the rest of my life. Cause that, then that would get boring. And then we would find something 100%. that we want to change. And that's yep. just kind of how it goes. So I like that answer. It's like, things are always changing, but I definitely <laughs> did cringe things in the past. Like I can definitely relate to that. A hundred percent. I don't, I don't want to look back at old stuff. <laughs> No one does. Literally, like some of my old stuff, I'm like, oh my gosh, like what was I thinking? I used to like really hardcore, like matte my blacks, like on the tone curve. Like I would bring, yeah, oh yeah, it's really bad. And I look back at that, I'm like, I'm never, ever matting blacks, even just a little bit, never, never doing it again. So funny. I feel like I go through this like phase of like my blacks, like when I do black and whites, especially where I'm like, Oh, I really want it like a crisp black and white. And now we want it soft and vintage. And then like some days I'm like, oh, do you want to go like more sepia with this? I'm like, no, no, we don't. What am I thinking? Where am I going? <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, that is not, I've never had that dilemma before. I have no desire to do that, but that's so funny. <laughs> oh man. Okay. So the last topic I wanted to talk to you about, and I feel like we could talk about this for a while because oh, it's God. Instagram and that. we can always talk about Instagram. Um, always. Yes, literally. So I wanted to hear just like first, like how did you grow your platform? Like kind of walk me through like what your Instagram journey has looked like. Okay. Well, to be completely honest, I've had Instagram since it started. This Don Photo account has been my number one account since Instagram started. So I got that like boost when Instagram, God, how old was I? 
19, 18 when it started. I'm 31 now. So I've had Instagram oh, for what, wow. 12 years. So yeah. it's, I had it, I got it my freshman year of college. So I was either 18 or 19, you know? So mm-hmm. it's been a long time. A lot of people are like, oh my God, you just hit this many followers. I'm like, no, 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 no. This has been a long, slow growth. Okay. I worked very hard for a very long time to achieve where I'm at now. Okay. And Instagram is like this, like such a long haul game, except for now with reels, I feel like people can grow so fast, which is awesome. Yeah. But before reels, before stories, it was just hashtags and feature accounts. That's like how you would grow is being okay. found through hashtags, the explore page and um, getting featured. And there was so many feature accounts when like, I feel like a wedding and elopement and like adventure photography really picked up, which I feel like was like, you know, five, six years ago it was like, when it really blew up that like you could get mm. married outside with less people. Oh. Wow. <laughs> I know, right? Crazy. <laughs> it's just like so funny to me. So I feel like once that started to happen, I'm also based in Oregon, which makes uh, aesthetically wise very easy to do because Oregon is very, very pretty and right. everyone wants to photograph here. So it's really fun. But yeah. yeah, I feel like it was like a lot of just slow growth hashtags and honestly a lot of it was too like I feel like connecting with other people responding to people creating friendships like actually messaging people back and like commenting back like not like I don't know I feel like I've always tried to be really good about that kind of stuff okay yeah that's awesome kind of like making your page even though you're bigger like your account's bigger like making it still feel like a normal account where like if someone comments like you'll respond and yeah Yeah. I, I think that's awesome I feel like that's so important. Like I follow so many people who have oh, hey, more followers than me. And I don't even think that like, I honestly try not to think about my follower number because I'm literally just a human who runs a photography business just like everyone else. Like, yes, I happen to have a lot of followers. Yes, it's great, but it didn't just come out of nowhere. But the people mm-hmm. that I follow that have a huge following and when I message them and they respond, I'm like, whoa, that was awesome. Like, thank you. Because I know mm-hmm. that they get a lot of messages. And I think it's also dependent on like how people respond to you, like, or how people message you. Like there's some people I just can't respond to because they're like, how did you do this? I'm like, hi, good morning. How's it going? How's your day? Like, do you want to have a conversation? <laughs> Tell <laughs> me like, all your secrets you right now. I know. They're like, they'll ask me like six paragraphs worth of stuff. And I'm like, I have mentorships. Like, you can't just ask me all that. Like, that's <laughs> kind of ridiculous. I wouldn't yeah. ask anybody that stuff. Like, Oh, there was like a good three months where I got DMs every week asking me if I could find them models for their shoots. And I never oh. talked to these people ever. They wow. wouldn't say hi. And it was yeah. every couple of days. And I was like, why am I known? Why am I becoming known for finding models? I never said that I would do this. Like, yeah, what is happening? Like, where That's did these people come from? So random. Wow. With So random. Yeah. With clients, how do you feel like your Instagram has impacted like your booking. Like, do you feel like most people find you on Instagram or is it at this point like um, word of mouth? I feel like it used to be like really intense at Instagram, but I'm focusing so much more on Google right now and blogs. Like I have, I outsource my blogging, but we work on it like heavily. We push out a lot of blogs. We're really working on like SEO on my website because I don't trust Instagram at all, to be completely honest. Like I yeah. feel like it's going to crash and burn at some point. Like, I don't know, with like how TikTok grew and like Pinterest is growing and Clubhouse was a thing for a minute, like all this stuff. Like, I'm just like, I just don't want to trust a silly little app to make the money that my family and I need. And mm. it just scares me to put all my eggs in like that one basket. So I do focus on Instagram, but I try to focus it very like 
60-40 in a sense where I'm focusing more on Google. And now my bookings in the last year have switched for like, I feel like it was like 70% Instagram and now it's 70% Google, which I love and it's fantastic. Oh, wow. So you're outsourcing all your bloggings. Are you doing like really anything for that? Or is it literally just like I'm handing it off and it's like working for itself? Handing it off. Yeah, we like have our calls and we schedule out like what we want to put out there and do their like she does a lot of the research for like what would benefit my business and obviously I have to like make sure I get all the photo shoots to her and all that kind of stuff but yeah it's been pretty awesome I feel like I create if I get to do anything fun for myself to create content it's always with blogs in mind of like what I could do with it so like if I do like a fun styled shoot or something I'm like how many blog posts can I write with this one photo shoot like how many can not I write (laughs) amazing girl Danielle (laughs) but how many can she write with this one photo shoot and so I'm like sunrise versus sunset or how to eat at an elopement or what to do for blue hour at an elopement like anything you can think of like how many things can we fit into this one session to boost my bookings or or help more more couples like understand what they can do with their day like even if it's like are already a booked couple if I'm benefiting them like again client experience and just yeah it's good yeah I think it's awesome to like diversify yourself in that way and to focus on other things besides Instagram obviously like on the podcast I love to talk about Instagram because it's just so interesting and it's fun but at the same time you do have to think about the longevity of things that's why I really like Pinterest because I think like the longevity on Pinterest is just like it's outstanding incredible yeah like the traction you can get on Pinterest I feel like is just so much more reliable um so yeah I like the idea of just trying to diversify yourself a little bit because Instagram is really saturated. And like you said, it could go away. So you just never know what's going to happen. So it's good to a hundred percent. I feel like it's so good to like, also just have knowledge on other things. Like if you love Pinterest, then like Google and blogging is like also great because they all go together. Like Pinterest is literally a search engine, which is what Google is. So it's cool how much the two things connect. And I don't know, I think it's just awesome to like, again, like you said, diversify everything. And I feel like it's yeah. just fun to like, oh, so many people get bogged down on Instagram because like the comparison game or the exhaustion or whatever with it, or like maybe you don't want to make reels or maybe stories scare you. So how else can you show up for your business and find more people to book you potentially that aren't competing with other people necessarily? And that's yeah. where like Pinterest and um, Googles and blog posts and like all that kind of stuff can really like grow for you. Yeah, totally. Well, I did want to like talk a little bit about Instagram, even though we're saying like, yeah. don't use Instagram too much. That's like, okay. No, uh, I, still, I, mean, I still use it. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, like we both use it. <laughs> I, obviously, <laughs> I'm obsessed with it. But um, I, I wanted to ask you just like a few tips, like if you had a few pointers for using Instagram as a photographer um, that you could share with whoever's listening that you feel like would be helpful for oh, anyone gosh. really. Um. Okay. Well, first off, like I would just a hundred percent like show up as yourself. Like if you can story as much as possible or do that in real form or whatever, but showing up as like yourself talking on there. I know it's scary. I know we all like some people don't love it. I personally love it. I've gotten used to it, but like showing up on stories, showing your personality, showing what you do throughout the day, not just photography. Like what movies do you watch? Like do you have dogs, do you have kids? Like whatever, like your clients want to get to know you and like connect with you on another level. That's not just your artwork. And so yeah. that's your way of convincing them that you are the person for them because maybe you just love 
margaritas and watching Twilight like me. I don't know. And maybe you'll book clients like that. Like, I don't know. <laughs> watching Twilight, I am dead. It's the best. I literally watch it all the time. Don't even like, judge. You this should know is this. me. Oh, girl, I'm an Edward. <laughs> I'm an Edward Cullen girly to the end. Like, yes, I am here. Yes. Team Edward all the way through, 100%. Yes. But just like funny. showing up in like a very personal way is so good. Yes. Um, I would make sure you're, I, I know this sounds like, I feel like it's kind of old school now when you talk about Instagram, but I would really make sure that your highlights are curated. So many people's highlights are old, so yeah. old. And like, it happens very fast because you're not aware of it. Cause when you like, you like maybe put it all together during COVID and now it's two years old guys. Like we need to curate the highlights again. Um, oh, yeah. and then on top, that's like a big one. I feel like, um, nice. I don't know. I personally check highlights before I DM somebody. Cause I'm like, let's look at past reviews. Let's look at BTS shoots. But like, yeah. I don't want to see BTS shoots from two years ago when you're using some crazy filter. Like, I don't want to see it. It's different yeah. now. Like things have changed. Like, no, for real. And I get DMs all the time of people being like, oh, I saw this on your story like a couple weeks ago and now I can't find it. Like, and then I'm, I, I, cause I didn't highlight it. It's like, okay, I either have to go back and highlight it or I have to repost it again. And I'm like, Literally. if I just highlight it in the first place, we never have this issue, you know? Yep. It's all about that batch working. <laughs> you yes. have stories, post it to your highlights and then clean up right. your highlights at the same time. Yes. <laughs> exactly. Even though I never do that. So I need to do that. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> my own advice, please. And then also with that, like working on your captions and like trying to put energy into your captions, whether that's because you don't always have to talk about your couples. Like if you're posting yeah. about a couple, you don't always have to talk about them. You can talk to the person who's going to book you because of that session. So Mm -hmm. what do they want to hear from you about this session? Like maybe you shot at the beach. Maybe you want to book more sessions at the beach. Like what can you talk about in this section? That's not about this amazing sweet couple here, but more so like why the beach inspires you or why you're an expert as a beach photographer or something like, yeah, I don't know. Utilize your captions as a way to connect to the next person, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Those three things are honestly huge because right now I feel like everyone's focusing so heavily on reels um, to the point where it's like, you don't even post your feed anymore and you're not even posting stories anymore. You're spending all your time creating this reel. I literally think Instagram is at the point where it's like, you have to use every single one of our features. Otherwise we hate you. Um, so (laughs) stories, feed posts, reels, like those are the main three, but you kind of really have to use them all. Because other, you know, it's, it's like the same thing we're talking about with Instagram and then blogging and then Pinterest, like you can't put all of your eggs in one basket. So you can't rely on reels all the time, or you can't rely on on feed posts all the time. We saw that when Instagram shifted to more video based, the people that relied on feed posts were like, well, crap, like, what do I do now? Because I don't know how to make a video. So I think it's good to like, you know, use all three of those. So that's all of that's really good advice. No, I love that. I love the idea of like a balance between them. And like, if you, like we said with batch working too, like if you know every week that daily to post stories, which is, should be, it should be easy enough for you to like hop on there three to five times a day or shoot all your content for the day, like little phone videos, clips, pictures. And then at the end of the day, just like batch post them when you're free. And mm-hmm. then with like reels and photos, like, or posts, like if you could do like two posts a week, one reel a week, two reels a week, like whatever you're able to do, find that rhythm. And then either bust out the batching once a week or you batch all your reels for the month in one section, like however works best for you. I feel like just finding that system to 
make Instagram not so scary, make blogging not so scary and all these things. Yeah. Yeah. I think like when it comes down to it, the more that you try these things that are scary for you, the less scary they're going to become. I know that sounds like very obvious, but even like talking in front of the camera and like for me, like making this podcast, like that was a very scary thing for me, but you just don't know like what a scary thing is going to do for you. And I think like there's a reason that you're scared of it because you're afraid, you know, like there's a reason, but it's almost like (laughs) a a good scary, you know, like obviously like if some monster is knocking at your door, don't open it. That's real scary. But like, (laughs) like business scary things, like for the most part, they're usually good things. Um, obviously like there's some business risk and other things, but yeah, I feel like it's like an insecurity thing. And it's one of those things that like, okay, if you want to start a podcast, just freaking do it. Like, yeah. don't wait a year because next year you can be like, oh my God, we started a podcast and now we have over a hundred episodes. Or you can be like, we still never started that podcast. Like how sad, right. like, and you wanted to. So like, just do it. Don't, if you're worried about like the freaking haters out there or whoever you're insecure about, they're, they don't give a shit. Like just ignore them. Like they're going to go away at some point. It's great. Like they don't matter. I'm yeah. tell myself this more often, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I feel like there's a million ideas that I have And it's like, I have the time now, like do the idea that you have, do it when you have time because you might not have have time in the future. And you're going to be like, I really wish I would have done that when I had time, especially with busy season coming up like very, very, very soon. I'm sure there's a lot of people. Yes. I'm sure you're like realizing like, oh my gosh, like, yeah. Okay. Okay. It's fine. Yeah. But like, I'm mode. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Same. Honestly, there's probably a lot of people listening who are like thinking about doing something, whether it's, I don't know, trying out a new type of content or getting a new Mm -hmm. lens or starting a podcast. And it's so much better to do it when you have time because you just, you never know what things are going to pop up that are going to consume your time later. I feel like also we're so like, I don't know if it's just like a creative person, small business owner, but we're always like, there's not enough time. There's not enough time. There's freaking time. Just freaking yeah. do it. Like I swear there is, you just have to make it work if you really want it that bad. And it's just one of those things. Like it's, I don't know. I never thought I would have time to like go to the gym and run a business and take care of my kid and do this and blah, blah. blah. And like, I've been doing it for a year now. Like it, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it works itself out. Like I'm, don't get me wrong. There's a lot of days where I'm like, I did not get enough done today. Or I did not see my son enough today. Like I didn't go to the gym today because I was being lazy, whatever. But mm-hmm. on the days that you can do what you want to do, like you just got to go full throttle with it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Yeah. And that goes back to like the thing you were saying earlier about just like <laughs> when you had your kid, you realized you had so much free time and like you were just kind of dilly dilly dallying around and yeah. like you really can get stuff done you just have to like have another commitment in place before you realize that um 100%. Yeah. like don't yeah. start that new Netflix show because then you will get sucked in and you won't get anything done like <laughs> literally me thank you right now like <laughs> <laughs> not me watching selling sunset in one day last week <laughs> oh my gosh okay selling sunset in the circle I'm trying to watch both of those at once and it's like <sighs> so good. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I do want to wrap up this episode with yes. you giving like a little, like, just, I just want to ask you, what is one thing that you wish you would have known when you first started photography? If you can just like leave us with when this. I started like, photography or like my business? Mm, business. Okay. This is the most lame answer. I'm so sorry, but it's like a very real answer. Honestly, I wish I would have known to start a retirement fund when I started my freaking business. 
Like, okay. Yeah. I know that's such a lame answer, but it's so real. And if like anytime we put to our retirement fund, it actually saves us money on taxes. And we don't make a retirement fund as a photographer, as a small yeah. business, like as a self-owned business. So you have to do that yourself. So go get your financial advisor, go start a retirement fund, even if it's literally a thousand dollars a year, freaking yeah. do it now. I promise okay. you it'll make such a difference in your future and it saves you on taxes. So who doesn't want to literally save money on taxes and make their future better? So I know right. it's so lame, but it's No, for real. that's not lame at all. I've actually, no one has ever said that to me before. And I'm over here like, mm. Okay. So with a retirement fund, is that literally just like a bank account or is it like a Roth IRA or something? It's like a Roth IRA thingy. I don't speak finances at all. I have a financial advisor who deals with that and a CPA and a bookkeeper, all the things. But they told okay. me like, I, like I put in a certain amount a year. I'm now like an S corp. And so I hired my husband as a, an employee so I can put more into my retirement because he doesn't work now. So I want him to have a stacked retirement too. Yeah. It's just trying to be a smart business owner. And I really want a awesome retirement future. So I'm like, yeah, if I'm making money now, I have to do it for then, you know? Right. Okay. No, that's, that is a great thing to leave everyone with because it just leaves you thinking and it's like, okay, awesome. No, I have to go do that. Um, so tell everyone where they can find you, where they can follow you, um, all of the things. Okay, well, you can find me on my Instagram. It's Dawn, D-A-W-N underscore photo. Um, my website, all that stuff is linked in there. I have a ton of really awesome educational courses and guide templates if you need me, like pricing guides or any of that kind of stuff. Lots of fun, very affordable guides, courses, all the things. And I have some new, very exciting things coming out in June. So definitely go follow me because I'm very excited for this huge, huge launch. So it'll oh be my great. gosh. That's so exciting. <laughs> cool. Well, thank you so much for coming on today's episode. It was so great talking with you, meeting with you, and just picking your brain about all these topics. I really appreciate you coming on. Thank you. This was seriously so much fun. I've loved your podcast. This is awesome. I'm really excited. Also, guys, don't forget to check out our sponsor, PhotoVision. You can go to their website, photovisionprints.com, to claim your free roll of their signature process and scan service using the code OSHOOT. And be sure to check out their photography education. And they have a library full of helpful tips for you. I hope everyone has a great rest of their day. And thank you so much for listening. Expose my mind to clarity. Oh, my spirit shudders. Capture the moment, oh, keep my sanity, the wisdom rushing in, so much clearer now, getting a little bit higher, with every step I take I'm getting good, getting a little bit higher.